Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. In the few short months that we've been doing the Confluence Cast, we've done a couple of episodes where we've talked about what it's like to run your own business and to be an entrepreneur. But what if you're just getting started? This week, we sat down with ECDI, the Economic and Community Development Institute, to find out how to get your business going. First up this week, I spoke with ECDI founder and CEO Ina Kinney about the phases of entrepreneurship, what ECDI has to offer, and why they see a need for their services in the community. Then, we delve a little deeper into the financing options that ECDI has available with their president and general counsel, Steve Fireman. You can get more information on what we discussed today, along with links to past business-centric episodes in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Enjoy the interviews. Sitting down here with Ina Kinney, founder and chief executive officer of ECDI. Ina, how are you? I'm well. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for having us here today. Oh, thank you for having me. Ina, tell us what, for those that don't know, what is ECDI? ECDI is a one-stop shop for entrepreneurs who are starting or expanding their businesses. We provide myriad of services that we can talk to throughout this uh, podcast. Great. What does ECDI stand for again? ECDI stands for Economic and Community Development Institute. Excellent. And you got it going back in 2002, is that right? Or 92? Um, No. ECDF officially was started in July of 2004. That's very recent. Only 12 years. Only 12 years. How's it been? Uh, It's been a journey. It's been, you know, life of an entrepreneur. It's never, you know, it's never not busy. It's always something. But, you know, that's what we teach people. You know, a life of an entrepreneur is something... It's a journey, and um, we've gone through a journey ourselves. You know, positive. Uh, there's certainly a need out there for individuals to have access to resources, and that's where ECDI comes in. Absolutely. And you guys are a statewide small business administration lender. We will talk with your associate, Steve Fireman, later on in this episode about that. So that's the investment portion of it, right? That's you guys- correct. ECDI has three buckets, if you will, for our one-stop shop uh, strategy, which is invest, educate, and innovate. Okay. And you are correct. We're a statewide organization. Uh, Our headquarters are in Columbus, Ohio. It's 1655 Old Leonard Avenue. So please come and see us. Mm -hmm. Had to do a little plug, right? Indeed. Um, And we cover all 88 counties in Ohio. Uh, We have offices, like I said, in Columbus. Uh, We also have an office in Cleveland. We have an office in Akron. And then we have satellite offices in Cincinnati and Toledo. Can I ask what the... I tend to sometimes get into the weeds a little bit, but sure. what's total operating budget? It's about eight and a half, nine million dollars okay. annually. Okay. So yeah, we're a pretty substantial organization. You know, we have roughly 60 staff on uh, at ECDI throughout all of our, you know, footprint. And, you know, we provide intense services and it takes a lot of manpower and a lot of resources to do so. 
Talk about, if you could, some of the classes that ECDI offers. Well, we offer classes for what we call a pre-entrepreneur. So we really look at individuals for, in three categories. You know, somebody that is has that spark, that idea, but then necessarily idea is not vetted. Okay. So that would be our, you know, phase one client, if you will. Our phase two client is somebody that is, again, has that idea, may have a business plan that needs refinement, but it's still in a pre-funding stage, if you will. Okay. And then our phase three client is somebody that already has a business and needs that business to grow or hire additional individuals or to work on specific issues that businesses encounter daily. Okay. So our classes really address all three of those buckets, if you will. And so it's very dynamic. Uh, one month we may have a class that focuses specifically on an entrepreneur that with a, just an idea. Okay. Next month we will have a class that focuses on that phase three entrepreneur. And then of course, you know, we'll do client surveys on a regular basis to see what type of needs they have. So we also focus on the entrepreneurs that already have loans with us. And those might be workshops or seminars. So our training is very comprehensive. It starts, like I said, it starts out with that idea and then it goes on to provide, you know, really clear type of trainings and services to individuals that already have businesses. And you do have sort of introductory sessions every two weeks. Where that is correct. We have our introductions to ECDI every two weeks uh, on at noon and at six, I believe. And uh, that really gives an opportunity to individuals who are not familiar with ECDI to come in and, you know, find out about what we do and how we can help them in, within their journey. And are the classes and the loan, the possibility of the loan? Are those linked at all? Yes and no. Okay. For those individuals that do not have a business that is very much uh, required that they do take a class, because it's very important to have a class or to have that education in a pre-loan setting so an individual has a better chance of success. We know that two out of three businesses fail, obviously. Right. So we want to give um, our clients the best opportunity to succeed. So having a business plan, having financials, having projections is very critical. Okay. I think maybe the best way to demonstrate sort of what ECDI is and what you do is to sort of walk through a success story. If you have an example of somebody that came in, maybe at phase two even, took some classes, got themselves sort of lined up, straightened up, they received a loan, and now they're a flourishing business. Sure. We, I mean, we served over 6,000 people in the last 12 years, so there's a lot of success stories. I, I'll use a couple of examples. Josephine Talia came to ECDI about 10 years ago. She had an idea. She had an idea to serve individuals through a home health care business. Okay. Did not really have an uh, understanding how that business would run, but so in need within the community and you know went through our training and received a number of loans through us and now she has over 100 people that work for her that's fantastic yeah so in fact she received multiple loans you know sometimes there's cash flow situations you know she's not getting paid by her providers through medicare so she'll come to us and say hey you know what i need a little bit of cash flow just so that right she can now. make payroll exactly i mean right. businesses are very you know they go through journeys like i always use the word journey you know you don't know what it's going to happen tomorrow and acda is really that place that you can come to that we can help you whether it's again through training that technical assistance 
assistance or access to capital. And is home health care one of the specialties of ECDI? Um, you know what? We, we focus on really like five lines, if you will. I mean, okay. if you look at these are all main street businesses. You know, trucking is one of them. Food-based businesses is another. Home health care. And just, you know, business to business. I mean, that's what we do. You know, doctors, attorneys, you know, beauty shops, restaurants. Um, and when you talk about trucking, are you talking about like owner-operators? Are you talking about people that like, hey, I want to start a logistics business? Both. Okay. Both. Wow. Yeah, very much so, especially for those individuals that are coming from other countries, you know. Okay. And that's a good way for them to get into a business. So it's owner operator, it's logistics, it's all over the place. And my questions are about to start to be all over the place. So logistics and trucking, how did you become aligned with that specifically? Again, I think it's the needs of the community. Okay. You know, we don't go out there and say we focus on these lines of business. I but think they just happen to be. That's exactly it. You know, you want to meet people where they're at. Right. I mean, like, for instance, like daycare, home health care, trucking, food. Those are all businesses that banks kind of shy away from. Okay. And so that naturally becomes that is? Uh, high risk. Okay. Yeah. And that naturally becomes an area where we start specializing in because, you know, those businesses are still getting being started and there's certainly a demand for those type of businesses, especially with when it comes to home health care. Look at our, you know, the generations, you know, people are aging absolutely and you know somebody needs to take care of them so you know we one of the things that we also do as part of our training is we do look at different business sectors that are hot at, at any point okay and try to steer individuals in those directions so literally someone could come in the door and say these are the things i'm passionate about these are the even these are the skill sets that i might have right. or how do you take those skill sets and translate them to what is real today well, or may and do you think you guys would be able to say to someone here's what we think a business that you could start could be we do do that again we need to see that's a that. phase one right that is a phase one yeah i mean you know what you know, the best story is the story where somebody comes in and they have not a clue or they might have 20 different ideas, you know, right. and then we try to direct them, like you said, in a, in a, in a place that's going to make sense for them. So we talked a little bit about the industries and we're going to circle back on the food for here in a bit. Are there populations you feel that you're serving more than others? I know Steve's going to talk to me a little bit about the unbanked correct? Uh, because they don't tend to have access to traditional capital. Right. We like to say unbanked and underbanked. You okay. know, those are two separate type of, you know, really cohorts for us. Um, you know, underbanked could be somebody that comes from another country. Okay. You know, they don't have a credit. Right. It doesn't mean that they have bad credit, just don't have credit, you know. So they're trying to establish themselves in the United States, especially for people that are coming in from, you know, we would say, you know, Africa or the war-torn countries, you know, Middle East. You know, these, these are people, refugees to an These extent. are refugees, exactly. Exactly. And we serve, you know, quite a bit, about 30% of our clients are what you would call refugees or immigrants. 30%. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and there's a huge need there for for, for that, you know, in that space. Um, these people are well educated. They have, you know, entrepreneurial spirit. Because you know, to leave the country of origin is very hard in itself. You know, Absolutely. you don't bring it much with you. You know, it's yourself and you know your family, and you're trying to make a life for your family. Right. So you're gonna go work at a odd lights, you know, making eight dollars an hour, or you're gonna try to start something for yourself. And so when we see the new populations, you know, again, we could talk about Iraqis or Syrians. We could talk about Somalis. We could talk about you know folks from the former Soviet Union. You know, I think ECD has always had a hand in 
establishing those businesses from those populations because, you know, as they come to United States, to Columbus, Ohio, uh, they're trying to not only establish themselves, but they're also trying to serve their own communities. Right, absolutely. So it's a a good, uh, you know, holistic approach for us to help start a business that's going to, at the end of the day, not only serve their community, but also hopefully expand and serve everybody. Absolutely. Talk about the services that you offer for food-based businesses. Well, you know, we've always seen uh, food-based businesses as the lifeblood of our economy. Okay. Um, Everybody's got to eat. Everybody's got to eat, and there's a lot of people. You know, I mean, we've seen resurgence of, you know, great restaurants. We've seen America really start focusing on, you know, healthy food, good food. I mean, look at Columbus over the last 10 years. Look at all these great restaurants. And I tell you, ECDI has had a huge play in starting up a lot of local restaurants you know you like, want to drop uh, a couple names for well me? Uh, yeah well chris crater you know the harvest pizza the sycamore mm-hmm. and uh you know we finance pretty much all of his businesses to date and you know you might think that you know a lot of our businesses that we've started that are successful you know they're bankable but they still come to us and they right. come to us for a reason you know it's a it's not about the interest rate it's not about what banks offer what we offer what it is is it's about the home touch you know okay. we touch our businesses we we are on a journey with them and like I said earlier banks are not lending money to restaurants you know banks are more focused on you know paying dividends to their shareholders their for-profit businesses so are they going to fund a risky business probably not Right. Right. Absolutely. So Chris Crater has been with us for many, many years. We have so many restaurants and so many caterers, food-based businesses that are mobile. You know, I think we started the whole movement in Columbus with our food fort, which is our uh, commercial kitchen and our commissary for food-based uh, clients. And when did the commissary get going? The commissary started, I believe, in 2008. Okay. So quickly. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I've always seen food businesses as a lifeblood of our economy. And so, you know, early on when we, I started ECDI, yeah, I knew that we needed to focus on that economy and make sure that those businesses succeeded. Look, if you look at a entrepreneur who wants to open up a restaurant, I mean, that's a huge undertaking, right? And who knows if it's going to be successful? I mean, two out of three restaurants fail. That's a reality. Yeah. So why not have them come to ECDI, use our kitchen, perfect their recipes, perfect their strategy, uh, rent a food cart from us, which we have food carts for rental. Okay. Try out their, you know, Take it to the street. Take it to the street, see if it's successful, then get into a food truck. And by the way, ECDI has a membership model where we have food trucks that are using our facility. We have warehouses on our site. Right. That, you know, one has a kitchen, another one has storage. You know, there's a commissary, and then we have a park lot full of food trucks that we offer you know electricity to that we offer a lot of different services to we even uh, book their gigs right so it's a place to come to right for somebody that's a caterer the same thing you know to have a commercial facility accessible to you that's you know one million dollar facility as opposed to you know do make something out of your kitchen which you can't really do and right. sell your product so I, I think the food based strategies that we offer to entrepreneurs are you know bar none best in the country I think how did you have the vision to start ECDI well it's one of those things that you know what sit at home one day being bored and say what can I do to help our community I'm just is that kidding. true no no <laughs> <laughs> 
No, it's it's been a journey. You know, my family came to the United States from the former Soviet Union in 1974. Okay. So I was a, you know, I experienced that entrepreneurial spirit from the time I came to the United States. My uh, family was the first family resettled in Columbus from former Soviet Union. Okay. So in my my parents always wanted to have their own businesses. So I think the journey started from seeing my parents start businesses. Some failed, some worked. Okay. But, you know, always looking at it from an inside out, thinking, well, what could have happened in order for them to have had better experience in starting their business? Right, better success. Exactly. Um, you know, I don't think it matters whether you're coming from another country or you're an American-born person. Even for those that go to college and get a degree in business, guess what? It doesn't teach you entrepreneurship. Right. It's one of those things that's got to be very specific to the individual. And, you know, one of the reasons why I started ECDI is to give resources to those that wanted to start businesses. We started out doing training. Okay. Always felt the training was the key component of making your business successful. You know, again, having a business plan, having an operations plan, really understanding what it's going to take. And you got to follow it. You know, you got to operationize it and you got to look at it monthly to see are you on a schedule to make your success or not. Right. And so what's your professional background before ECDI? <laughs> it was at IBM. <laughs> okay. Well, so what happened is I went to Bexley, uh-huh. Bexley High School. I graduated at 16. I went to college, went to Ohio State University, and then moved to Chicago and, you know, started working. Okay. And um, in 1988, with two little kids, my husband and I moved back to Columbus and my husband went into business with my father. Okay. Then, you know, the businesses are very successful 30 years later. Uh-huh. I was at, staying at home with my two little kids. Oh, okay. And so I decided, you know, for those of people that know me, I can't stay still. So mm-hmm. I decided to start volunteering. And I started volunteering in an organization called Jewish Family Services. Okay. Which was a nonprofit that resettled us back in 1974 when we came from the former Soviet Union. So here's a little plug for Jewish Family Services. Yeah. At that time, there was a third wave of immigrants from the former Soviet Union, highly educated. This and is late 80s, early 90s? This or? is late 80s, early 90s, okay. third wave of immigrants, right. third and final wave, I was actually, because this is around the time that, you know, Russia kind of took down their, you know, communist approach, you know, perestroika and everything. Right. So the immigrants were coming to Columbus, Ohio. Same issues as when we came to the United States in the early 70s, you know, want to start my own business. This is a land of opportunity. You know, we stand for capitalism, but how do you really make capitalism work for those individuals right. that are not familiar with it, right? So idea was born to start a program, a Jewish Family Services microenterprise. What is microenterprise? Microenterprise is a business with five or less employees of capitalization of 50000 or less. Okay. So I started that at Jewish Family Services, and then it morphed into ECDI in 2004. I see. So that's the story. Okay. The story is help everybody make their dreams a reality, whether they're foreign-born, whether they're American-born, wherever they are in their journey, we'll meet them. We serve everybody. Right, and all we types help, of businesses as we well. We help everybody. You could be an immigrant. You could be an American-born. You could be you know, public assistance. You could be well, you know, well-established business. We're any, here for you. And any type of business as well. And any type of business. That's right. What are the initiatives that you're working on right now well there's a lot I mean okay. you know we're always you know to be an to teach somebody how to be an entrepreneur you have to be an entrepreneur yourself you Absolutely. know what we're a nonprofit but we you know really are at a 
place right now. There's a lot of opportunities. And so we want to enhance those for our clients. We have had two new projects in the last couple of years. One is our women's business centers. Mm-hmm. ECDI is the only women's business center through small business and U.S. Small Business Administration. We have one in Columbus and we have one in Cleveland. Okay. We focus on women entrepreneurs, you know, taking them again through their journey because we know women have different needs than men. There's a professional advisory network. There's a resource center. There's a resource library. There's a co-working space. Co-working space. But most, more importantly, women are, you know, women who come in here, we help them through again the life of their journey. They need a loan. We're there. They need training. We're there. They need access to our food-based and, you know, warehouses. We're there. So we're there throughout the life of their journey. And of course, uh, the co-working space is very important. We like to call that our warehouse one. We have three warehouses. I think I mentioned that earlier. Okay. Our newest warehouse that we converted into co-working space is a place for businesses, you know, on a startup stage where they can come in and use the space to get their business up and going. And that is a true, that is a more traditional co-working space than like the food fort is technically a co-working space. But it's focused on food-based businesses where this is for general business for anybody. And frankly, we have some food fort members that need, you know, desk space right. to run their business but out it's, of. But to be clear, it has desks and phones and a copy machine and... It's got everything you okay. need in order to make your business a reality, plus access to training, obviously. What are the costs on that for the user? Uh, you know, it, it depends upon a user. So I think, you know, uh, please reach out to ECDI at 614 five or go on our website ecdi.org right to get more information about our training our lending and our co-working space great some of the newer projects that we're working on you know what are the demand for our food-based services has has really increased over the last you know four or five years okay we currently have i believe 17 or 18 food trucks that use our facility our outdoor parking and they you know, hook up to our generators, they get a propane from us. You know, again, we're trying to create income for the organization as well. So we own a lot across the street. So we're expanding our food fort and we're going to build another commissary, if you will, so we could house additional food trucks. Do you have a uh, timeline for that? Uh, we'll should be up and operational, God willing, everything, you know, with groundbreaking and everything early summer. Okay. The other thing that we're looking at is to do bigger loans. Right now we go up to $350,000. We know that there's a demand for more established businesses to get additional capital. Yeah. More than 350. We're looking at that as well. We're also looking at sector specific lending, starting a uh, loan fund uh, for minority contractors okay. because we know that space is very much there's a need for mm-hmm. different type of loan products like lines of credit for contractors you know that are trying to get into a business but get stymied because their general might not be paying them on time right well and that's a space you guys aren't in a whole lot right now right well we do have home repair contracts that we currently run out of ECDI it's called our home repair program where we help not only our clients but also senior citizens and disabled to stay in their homes okay by doing minor home repairs so it's a you know it's one of those double uh whammy type of things for the organization. Right. A, we help our clients and B, we help senior citizens and disabled. 
world. That's so great. We, it's a true social enterprise for us. That's great. The essence of ECDI, come and see us. Mm-hmm. If you want to start or expand a business, we're the place to go. Fantastic. And also, I might want to do a little plug. You know, it takes a lot of money to run this business. For those of you that want to support local entrepreneurs, call us. Come and see us. Always volunteer. happy to take a donation. Or- donation, volunteers. We're always looking for volunteers. You know, what a great place to be, you know, to invest local, to support local. That's the other thing I haven't talked about okay. is our investment strategy. So Invest Local Ohio is a great, great avenue for those individuals that want to invest money in their local businesses, local economy. Don't put your money on a Wall Street. Invest in ECDI. It's a $1,000 a minimum. Uh, okay. It's an investment. Tell me about sort of what the structure of foreign investor of Invest Local Ohio. So the way it works is for a uh, investment of a minimum, it's $1,000. Okay. We did a security filing with the state of Ohio for a million dollar um Fund. Fund, exactly. And that was a number of years ago. I think we're pretty much at the tail end of that, and then we're going to be doing another fund. And to be clear, these are funds that you're taking and then loaning out. That's right. We're leveraging those dollars. for The investments from individuals, we're leveraging them at least three to one with other loan funds. Okay. So, And it's going all to local businesses. But we also recognize that people want to, you know, get back the money, right? Right. So we are on a three year note, 2% return to mm-hmm. an investor. On a five-year note, it's a 3% return to an investor. You know, for those of you that have your money sitting at a bank earning, what, 0.11%, right. this is a better investment. Not only are you getting a big, bigger return, but also you're putting money right into your local cities, your local counties, your local state, as opposed to putting it back on Wall Street. And while most, if not all of the funding that you guys are doing right now is in the form of loans, you have done some like actual capital investment in small businesses. We in the have, past. yeah, we've taken equity investments in some of our businesses. Is over that the something years. you're interested in pursuing more, or we are, we are. You know, we have to be. You know, we want to make sure the businesses that we do capitalize yeah. through our uh, equity investment strategy meet certain criteria. We'd like them to create jobs, obviously. Right. We, w- we would like to see them maybe be, you know, focus on social enterprise to give him back. Right. So there's certain criteria, but definitely this is an avenue that we're trying to explore more and more. Yeah, and obviously you guys have an obligation to see a return on that investment as well. Absolutely, right. I mean, you know, everybody talks about sustainability. You know, why we teach business has to be sustainable. You know, even though we're a nonprofit, we want to be more and more sustainable. Absolutely. And so that creates a different type of an approach for us. And, you know, certainly social enterprise is something that we truly believe in because, frankly, we are social enterprise ourselves. So we want to invest our money also in social enterprise that are going to give back to community as well great Ina thanks you so much for your time thank you I really appreciate it and again please come and see us and uh, let us help make your dreams a reality absolutely thanks all right the Confluence Cast is sponsored by ECDI, a one-stop shop for small businesses they are located in the near east side of Columbus the goal of ECDI is to assist in the establishment or expansion of small businesses by combining training and technical assistance with access to capital. Info and training opportunities are available at ecdi.net. 
sitting down here with Steve Fireman, the president and general counsel for ECDI. We're going to talk about the financing and the capital that ECDI is able to provide to, do you refer to them as clients? Yeah, they're clients, clients and members. Okay. First of all, talk about the loan options that are available through ECDI. Well, at ECDI, we try to keep it simple. Where it gets complicated is we devise a technical assistance and training program Okay. for pretty much anyone and everyone who comes through the door. That doesn't mean everyone qualifies for a loan, Okay. but it means that we can try to make them as loan ready as possible. Okay. You have to remember that everyone that comes here has probably been either turned down or at least discouraged from getting a bank loan, a business bank loan which you guys refer to as sort of you know more of a traditional loan more of a traditional loan which and, and that's a whole other conversation the small business loan or micro loan as we knew it 10 years ago six years ago basically doesn't exist anymore okay because the banks don't get the return on investment that they once got it costs them the same amount of money to do a five million dollar loan essentially as a $100,000 loan or even a $25,000 business loan. It's and so why would they mess with it? Correct. There's no ROI. So they're actually being good business people by not messing with it. Okay. So that's why we partner with all of the banks that we possibly can around Ohio. And so talk about how you guys get the capital that you're able to offer to your members and clients. Well, there's three primary ways that we get our capital, three major categories. One of them is through partnerships with municipalities. And that's kind of where ECDI started. Our longtime partners, City of Columbus, Franklin County, now Cuyahoga County, City of Cleveland. And those are contracts. And what we're doing is we're merely administering monies, usually CDBG, which are block grant dollars from the feds that come down to the city. Okay. And they don't want to lend them because the city or the county is not in the business of lending. Right. They don't have the wherewithal. They don't have the personnel. That's not what they do. So they contract with us to do so. So we don't own those loan funds. We administer them for the public good. And those are a major part of our early loan funds that we developed. And it helped really get ECDI started in the lending business lending game. Okay. And then what are the other two sources? Another major, major category would be our partnerships with banks. Our partnerships with banks look like a couple different, they have some subcategories, but basically they're term loans from banks, five, six, seven years. Okay. Banks lending us money, usually a million dollars at a time at two to 4% interest. We turn around and relend those dollars at eight to 12%. Okay. And so basically it allows you to have funds to distribute. Correct. And they revolve, but the spread that I just mentioned, which we do not hide, we have to make money as well. Right. But that money is reinvested back in the company so we can provide the technical assistance and training and pay our people to do so for the people that come here, our clients and members that I mentioned earlier. We should reiterate that ECDI is indeed a nonprofit. We are a nonprofit. And everything and everyone, like I said earlier, is coming to us for a reason, probably because they're underbanked or unbanked. And therefore, we, you know, from the beginning of the process, we assess them, which takes a lot of time. And we customize a training program with them, whether they go, need to go to financial literacy, whether they need to go to training to help them to develop a business plan, whatever it is, we have the proper training here on site and we have partners that help us as well. What's the third tier of where you guys get funds? The third tier would be from foundations. Okay. It's actually a double double tier, the foundations and the federal government. Like okay. we're, an, we're an SBA microloan intermediary and that's one of our major sources of funding, currently close to $5 million. And we it's not an SBA guarantee. We actually 
borrow money from the feds at attractive interest rates and we relend them again, similar to the bank model. That's where we got the bank model from and we modeled after the SBA model. So there's we're actually the third largest microloan intermediary in the country right now as of last year, and we'll see this year we might have moved up again. Wow. So walk me through the process of what happens when someone comes in, says they may have just started a small business, or maybe they just have the seed of an idea for a small business. Right. What has to happen for them to even apply for a small business loan? Well, generally speaking, there's three types of clients that walk in here, and we categorize them as phase one phase two, and phase three. Okay. A phase one client might come in with five different business ideas on five different napkins. Okay. So as we assess them, we realize that we need to help them decide which is the most viable and which one we, they should spend their time and energy on and which one they'll take classes to build a business plan. So this for. is somebody who literally is just like, I'm an entrepreneur and these are the things that I think I yeah, can do. It's like I'm an artist or whatever. They have it in their blood. They want to start a food truck. They want to start a restaurant. They want to start a home health care agency, something in their life, whether it's they've been displaced from work and they're kind of a middle career person, or it could be a young person that got out of college and never wants to work for anyone. Well, jobs are for suckers. I mean, that's right. Millennials, <laughs> we know millennials don't want to work for anyone, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, so that could be a phase one. We help them focus their idea onto their best idea and their best idea might not be the one they love the most, but it might be the most viable okay. in the marketplace. Okay. And so to be clear, as we talk about these phases, people may come in at any of the three, but you are literally trying to transition them to the next one. Correct. Well, correct. Actually, we're just kind of grading them or for internal purposes saying you're a okay. phase one, a phase two, a phase three. So phase one, pretty early, early stage. So no, what's no, phase two then? Phase two, someone comes in, they've probably filed a limited liability company with the state. Okay. They probably have some customers. Somebody likes their cookies, as I like to say. They're making them out of their kitchen. They're selling them. Which is a violation of a couple That's of things correct. that I can think of. That's right. They're wrapping them with their own saran wrapper and their own baggies, and they're not necessarily washing their hands between every phase. They don't their know that. Their kitchen is probably not a certified commissary. That's correct. The right. dog's, dog's jumping up, you know, reaching to the counter, cat's walking across the counter, all that good stuff. So <laughs> Sounds like great cookies, But man. meanwhile, people love these cookies. What's in these cookies? So that kind of client, we would assess and say, hey, you've got a little bit of a business. you got to get it out of your kitchen. you got to get into the food fort where we can train you on the food safety laws, where we have expertise. We can help you with all your business needs in terms of marketing, accounting. You might have to take a financial literacy class, depending, you know, we'll take a look at their credit, take a look at their history of paying people and kind of where the business, how sophisticated the business is at that point. And we will definitely kind of analyze kind of where they are in phase two, meaning some people are making a lot of money, gross, above the line, but aren't dropping it down the line because they're spending it, spending more money or they have more expenses, obviously, than they are generating revenue. Right. But, but they think they're doing well, but it's all mixed or intertwined with their personal finances. And so we do spend a lot of time separating them and making the business have its own life and its own financial life. Okay. And is that part of the financial literacy classes? That's Financial literacy is more based on the personal financial literacy. So yes, that it would overlap with that. And then the next class class, which is called the seed class. So phase two is somebody who just, who has started a business had, again, somebody likes their cookies and they need their processes sorted out. Correct. Okay. And then they probably need our help in just applying for the loan because our process, though we're not a bank, 
kind of looks like a bank in the sense that there's, you know, a fairly sophisticated application. We learn a lot about you personally and about your business. And like I said earlier, a lot of more of it's going to be about the business because that's all there. I mean, about the person because that's all there is. Right. And then later on, we're going to separate the person and the business. And that's for everybody's safety and yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, the whole purpose of forming a separate entity, an LLC or a corporation, is for this thing to have its own life to protect your personal assets from your private assets. I mean, right. your private assets from your business assets. Right. And is that essentially phase two? Yeah, I mean, phase two can be pretty broad because the people can be a little more sophisticated, but then, and we think they're a phase three. And I'll just go ahead and tell you what a phase three is. A phase three is someone that's probably been referred to us by one of our bank partners. They have a business. They've probably been in business for a year and a half or two or filed some tax returns. They've had some success. The bank is either not ready to lend them money or they no longer want to lend them money. But since we partner with the banks, we don't badmouth the banks in any way. We just gladly take the referral, get them into our lending pipeline. Usually those are bigger loans because uh, I didn't mention earlier that our loans are anywhere from a $750 credit enhancement or credit builder loan mm-hmm. all the way up to a $350,000 small business loan. And that credit enhancement loan is much more sort of like if someone is unbanked, it's basically a a credit card, right? That they can then sort of build up a credit yeah. history for. Yeah, I mean a low interest rate credit card because our maximum interest rates are twelve and a half percent. That's not bad, right? So that would be a phase one credit builder is one of two things. It's just an early phase one, or it's somebody that needs a little bit of money to do some things we're asking them to do before they apply for the loan. Okay. So it could be either kind of either extreme of phase one. Then again, phase two, like we talked about, someone's got some business, they got some revenue, a long, no business plan, a long way to go to really get themselves up and running. And, and they're either one of the legs of the stool, either marketing operations or accounting. That's marketing operations or accounting. One of them is very, very deficient. Okay. Phase three is someone that's got it going on a little bit probably filed some tax returns, and then we're gonna find how we can help them, which leg of the stool is a little bit wobbly, but remember, they've probably been referred to us by our banking partners, and they're probably pretty ready to apply. So they probably will not go to classes or training. They'll probably get one-on-one technical assistance. If they're a food-based business, it might be at the food fort. If they need an accountant, we'll find them an accountant. Oftentimes, they need a little more sophisticated legal help than they're willing to afford themselves to. Right. Because that's a big problem with you know small businesses. Last person they want to call or spend money on are the accountants, but especially the lawyers preemptively. So we encourage that. Yeah. And so how does that process start for a business? Is it literally just say they're not referred through a bank? Is it literally just them coming to you, making an appointment and saying, I want to come in and talk about my business? Yeah. I mean, people come to us in a lot of different ways. Every Thursday or it might be every other Thursday and it alternates between noon and 6 p.m. We have information sessions and people come to us through you know, every kind of referral partner that we have, other agencies, other nonprofits. It could be banks. Could be a lot of word of mouth. I think that's, you know, guerrilla marketing. That's a lot of it. Yeah. And they come and they hear about all of our programs. They sit and they hear, they talk to each other. They talk to the person that puts on the info session. As a matter of fact, last week, Ina Kinney, our CEO and founder, she did the info session, had a great time and has said that she wants to get back to doing it because there's no one better to do an info session than Ina because she's obviously She got it started. She got it started. She's been here from the beginning. And she's got incredible passion for the organization. And uh, as you heard earlier, I mean, there's no one more passionate about their organization or business. It's like another child. So she does a great job. So they come in through the information session. That's literally 25 to 30 people every couple of weeks. 
and then we kind of channel them down the right road. Do they need to go to the food fort? Do they need to go to seed training? Do they need to go to financial literacy, et cetera? We often, as I mentioned, get bank referrals. Those are usually phase three. And then sometimes people are just referred from the foodie community to the food fort. You know, they want to start a food truck, a food cart. There's some kind of caterer that they need a kitchen to cook out of or, you know, make their product out right. of. So that in that regard, they just come through the food fort front door. And then finally, something I haven't mentioned yet, something that we're incredibly proud of. And we're in our fourth year of being the only statewide women's business center. Okay. So that's another door for women-based businesses, usually very early stage women-based owned businesses to come and to work in a more collaborative, nurturing environment. They can get access to all VCDI's lending, all VCDI's classes, but it's basically women training women. You know, I, I guess as the saying goes, women, or the old adage goes, women are, women just work better or work more collaboratively than men do. Men try to go it alone. So if you go to the Women's Business Center at any given time, you'll see shared office space and drop-in space and women with different businesses sitting next to each other working on their businesses bouncing ideas off each other. The point is they might come through that door and that might be our first point of contact. So we got to capture all that, kind of centralize them, assess it, decide what phase they're in, and then d- design a, a program for them. So are your loans typically, while you are going through a very similar process to the bank process, is the barrier of entry for those loans lower? Is it easier to get those loans? Yeah, I mean, we're looking for a reason to make a business loan to our clients. Doesn't mean we make loans to everybody, but we at least give them a path to get there. Sometimes it could be three weeks. Sometimes the path could be a year. Okay. Or it could be more than that. It just depends how well people listen to us, follow our instructions, work collaboratively, you know, really how badly they want it because you, you want to put them a little bit through some some challenges and barriers, especially if they're not a phase three and pretty much loan ready. Okay. That's kind of part of the underwriting process. Will they take your classes? Will they accept assistance? Will they listen to your advice? Okay. You know, will they go get a lawyer instead of trying to do it, you know, online with a do it yourself service? What do those loans tend to be for? They're small business loans or Mm -hmm. micro loans. And our five sectors are generally food, which represents about 25 to 27% of all of our loans. Okay. Retail. And I'm sorry, is that dollar amount or? Like uh, I would say loan. no, it's in not in dollar amount, but okay. in in sectors of like units of loans that we do. Okay. Then there's retail, which is much smaller. I don't know why I just said that one because that's probably the smallest, but it's 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 still well, you've got still, five sectors. It's still double digit. Okay. There's home health care and home daycare, and then there's transportation. Okay. And then I guess there's one more, which would be a catch-all, which just would be service, which we're finding much more service. I mean, we, we make loans to lawyers, to dentist office, to insurance agencies, you know, you name it. I mean, the, the main theme is what we do, unlike Rev1 and some of the, you know, Jobs Ohio initiatives, for instance, we are non-tech. We are main street businesses, everyday businesses, whatever people do to create jobs for themselves, their families, and hopefully some other jobs as well. Well, and to be fair, and you guys don't, you are not structured like Rev1. Rev1 does investments out of like the Ohio Tech Angel Fund, and they're doing investments. They're not really doing loans. You guys aren't. Correct. Is that option available for, do you guys do actual investment and take a stake in any companies? We we have done that. Okay. That's, you know, in the, just, I'd say five over the uh, eight years that I've been here. Okay. They've got to be great. They, they've got to be phase four. 
Phase four, probably somebody we know because we've had some loans with them. They've paid them off. They've actually probably been a technical assistance provider and, and volunteered a lot here. And we know them really, really well. Okay. And obviously, if somebody goes through and gets a loan, they're going to be paying back that loan and paying interest on it. Are there fees for the other services? I'm sure there's fees for renting out space in the food fort, but are there fees for the consulting and technical support? Yeah, there are fees, loan application or processing fees, Okay, which are, you know, de minimis, $25 up to if the loan closes, then it's a percentage, three to 5% of the loan amount. Okay. Okay. The Women's Business Center has an annual fee of $80, which gives you access to the Women's Business Center, a certain amount of copying, a certain amount of discounted training classes. And to be clear, you do have to be a woman. And you, you don't, you don't have okay. to be a woman. It's kind of like it started off that way, but there's more and more men that join it. And the nice thing is, is side by side with the Women's Business Center, we have our Business Innovation Center or BIC. Okay. It's kind of a shared facility. So men or women can use it, but they okay. definitely, so that men might feel more comfortable saying I, I belong to BIC than the Women's Business Center, but it just depends on the- Or they could just call it the WBC. And right, <laughs> and exactly. On. Right. So the Women's Business Center has that, again, what we feel to be a, fairly de minimis $80 a year membership fee at this time. And, you know, that's subject to change. We're constantly analyzing it because it does have, again, that includes workshops. It does not include all the training. Some of the training is a la carte, but it gets you a discounted fee on some of the, the trainings. And then, like, for instance, the seed class is $150. Okay. So I, And that's a six-part class. Sometimes they do it four-part, but it's basically 20-plus hours and then some one-on-one technical assistance. So if you think of that amount of time and some technical assistance for the seed class for $150. I mean, that's, that's, that's nothing. Absolutely. Well, and like, what about the day long financial wellness? The financial literacy class is usually taught in four parts. Okay. And it's, again, I keep using the word de minimis, which is obnoxious, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's basically, I, I don't know the number now. I think it's $75. Okay. Okay. And the bottom line is we never turn anyone away. If someone can prove to us that they really can't afford it and it's a low to moderate income family, then we're going to get them in the class and help them out. No one's turned away because they can't afford it. Okay. And those classes are held here at ECDI? For the most part. Sometimes we partner with some of our partners around town and take them out into the community over at Ohio Dominican or at... Hopefully, we're going to start to do some at the libraries as we partner more with beautiful libraries around town. Absolutely. I want to get a little bit more into what are the loans for because you have to demonstrate a need, right? I can't just say, hey, I want to start a child care facility. Can I have $1,500? Yeah. Our loans are generally for working capital, assets for the business, or inventory. Okay. Working capital is pretty broad. It needs to be a business that obviously is requires them to have some employees and to have a little bit of a runway to get it going. You know, we got to see the expenses. Right. We don't necessarily control that money as closely as if somebody says they're buying a semi truck for a transportation business. Okay. In that case, we want to see the truck to the dealership that we're buying because it's a big asset and that's what our lien or our collateral is going to be. Right. And we want to see the warranty. We want to hold it. You know, we want pictures of it. We want serial numbers, VINs. I guess you're going to maintain that lean, right? Right. And then you know, it just it could be inventory stuff people put on their shelves, whatever it might be. Okay. Are you asking for much follow up on that? Like, are you asking for you know receipts from a distributor? At times we do. Okay. Times just depending on. It just depends how you know. Again, if they're phase one, phase two, phase three. Right. And what kind of what the relationship is. 
Right. The other thing is we haven't talked about much yet is what we do after we deliver a loan and we're successful when we finally get someone. We like to say that's when the relationship really begins. Okay. Because unlike a bank, we're here to continue to help those businesses grow and be be the partner to that business, whether in successful times or challenging times. We're going to be there. Trust me, we're going to be there in challenging times because we want to get paid back because those dollars need to revolve and go to somebody else down the road. Right. But in successful times, if people want to scale, if they want to grow, if they want to leverage our resources, our contact, they need help with marketing. You know, we're constantly doing events that feature our clients. Anything and everything we do that you'll ever see us do from a marketing perspective, really other than this conversation we're having here today, because I haven't mentioned any specific businesses. Okay. But anything we do, we market ourselves through marketing our businesses. We never lead with ECDI. Okay. I mean, literally, I can't even think of the last time we've done it. You'll never just see a picture of ECDI, loan special, you know, $500 loans, 20% 20% off, you know, you, you right. don't see that. You mostly will see testimonial type stuff of our great clients talking about the work we've done, not for them, but with them. Okay. And so what is the nature of the work that you're doing with them afterwards? Is it just, do you require them to check in? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we get, we get financials and we get proof of insurance and we hopefully get that quarterly or at least twice a year. We get jobs numbers because at, at the end of the day, a lot of our funders be they banks, be they the federal government, be they the local municipalities I mentioned earlier. Right. They want to see us create jobs because okay. we're, we are a job creation strategy for them. That's why they're investing in us because businesses create jobs. We're not just, hopefully not every one of our businesses just have one or two people. And we've proven over the years, I mean, for instance, Grow Industries and Chris Crater now has o- over 250 employees. So mm-hmm. a lot of the businesses grow quite rapidly. So we got to collect job forms. So people need to know from the beginning, if they're going to start their business or grow their business with ECDI, they are going to constantly be reminded we need job forms. When you create jobs quarterly, we need to see the jobs. We need to see the wage growth, things like that. The other things that we do more for them, like I said, marketing is a big one, marketing and advertising and promoting oftentimes feel like when the businesses get a little more sophisticated, they need more sophisticated legal representation, which I mentioned earlier. Oftentimes they're slow to get that. So we try to kind of, I don't want to say negotiate, but broker deals and get attorneys that want to grow with small businesses to work with them. And maybe get slightly smaller fees for those small businesses. That's exactly right. A lot of times people grow too rapidly, don't have control or understanding of their cash flow. So we have accountants that we work with them with. And then we're constantly having workshops, whether it's on social media, things, quick workshops that somebody can learn something during a lunchtime doesn't take too much of their time as a busy entrepreneur or business owner. And they walk away with a skill they didn't have before they walked over to the Women's Business Center or BIC. So after a business owner or potential future business owner goes through the information session, do they then just book a one-on-one with someone? Yeah, I mean, depending, again, usually that what they do is they'll be contacted by a ECDI kind of concierge person. If they don't get signed up right there for the Women's Business Center mm-hmm. or to go to the food fort, we have representatives at the information session from lending, from the Women's Business Center, as well as from the food fort. Okay. So they kind of group off with those people. They get their names and then they'll follow up and then that's how they'll go down that track. Gotcha. Steve, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for listening to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends. 
your family, your contacts, your enemies, your local underwriter. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a good week.